0: Hello, this is D.B. Richards from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, and this season is dedicated to Bill Polerino. Rest in peace, my friend. Welcome, everybody, to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet referee Dave Keener. All-time classic.
1: This is wrestling.
0: So Dave hasn't shown up and you messed up
2: four times already. Oh, excuse you. Come on now. What is going on? What are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, what are you doing over there? You're the one handling everything. I'm, I'm, me handling, I'm
0: the recording. I'm recording this stuff. You need to um, fix the recording. It's slow as hell. Better? Yeah, better.
2: Okay. Okay. You introduce our You'll me to introduce, yes. I'll
0: introduce. Them. Yeah. So we got on today's the guy that's gonna be working with Tommy Cairo on the podcast. You Ready? Yes. Steve Savage. You hit a button.
1: Wow. That's that's the biggest pop I've gotten in my career. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Steve. I oh, appreciate it, boys. Good to be here. Yeah, we had a lot of technical
0: in the beginning. Oh, I'm very, very
1: sorry about that. I, I hear you guys talking about handling, and um, whatever you guys are handling, just handle it. Thank God it's only audio, because I don't want to see some of that shit. Um,
2: yeah, yeah I don't want
0: to mess with my audio.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we get a lot of people listen to our podcast, a, res- a lot of wrestling fans, and non-wrestling fans as well, too. So... I don't know how that happens, but it happens. It happens. So, just give us a little background on your wrestling career and, your, and the training. How did you get into the business? Who did you train with? Stuff like that.
1: Yeah, well, I, I uh, my first peek behind the curtain was in 1999. I started uh, just kind of going in, helping out, set up, tear down the usual. Do it usually for a free ticket because I was always a fan growing up. But I never really wanted to sit ringside for WWE. You know, I'd rather see the guys on their way up or on their way down. Uh, so, I'd go to local American Legion halls or VFWs, else lodges, whatever. Um, I made my in-ring debut in 2001 while I was training with NWA New England, Um, if you could call it training at the time. They basically got me in the ring, figured out I could run the ropes, take bumps, and made me their bump guy until the school closed. Uh, So it really wasn't training per se. Um, Once the school closed down, I basically, any sign I saw that said live pro wrestling tonight, I'd show up, help set up the ring, and if they needed me, my gear bag was always in the back, and I learned a lot more on the road just traveling all these different companies working with everybody I could. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Always bring your gear. That's Keener's number 1 thing he told me. Bring your oh, podcast stuff. Bring your photography stuff. So I started bringing um, my Connect 4 and recording wrestlers playing Connect 4 against me. And I can't believe how much I suck
2: at the game. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> Got a couple wins in my belt. Listen, you're putting them over, okay? Don't don't lie.
0: <laughs> it's it's all it's all about um content and this is what content is. So um yeah, I'm a big fan of Pip! Pet
1: in business. Do you have any pet peeves in the business? Uh, a lot of my pet peeves, I've actually worked into a uh, tag team gimmick that I've come up with recently. It's more of a stable because there's like got a dozen of us now. Um, the pet peeves are just the basics. Like guys are so worried about standing in the middle of the ring with their arm raised, but they don't want to do the work. They don't want to do the groundwork to help the company survive. They're only worried about getting their shit in. Yeah. But they don't realize that without without people there to set up the without people handing out flyers and selling tickets, then you're performing in front of nobody and what good does that do? You're killing your bump card off in front of nobody. Yeah, that's true. That's really, really true. It's a, it's a lack of general respect to the traditions of what the business is. It's I've always described. I've never described it as fake. I've always called it an athletic contest with a predetermined outcome. Uh, if you if you watch any fight that Don King ever promoted, it's very much the same. Yeah, was- um, it's a lot of it is guys just not, like, any idiot can be trained to take bumps and run ropes and do the holes. It's the way you handle yourself that actually means more in the business. I've I've learned more and made better contacts by just shutting my mouth and following the right people.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I noticed my, one of my pet peeves in the business, um, since watching and learning the behind-the-scenes stuff, and one of them was, um, nobody knows everybody's finished in the show, and if you see two roll-ups back-to-back on a show, it's, it gets on my nerves. I'm like, wait, didn't we just see a roll-up in the last match? Why are we seeing this in uh, all roll up tonight? It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, it, well, it, you think Dolph Ziggler is going to ask Shawn Michaels permission to do the superkick? But at the same token, in 2012, when I went to New Jersey, Phil Varlys, the booker, told me, oh, Tommy Cairo's here. And I had my kendo stick with me. So I went to Tommy and paid my respects. Hey, Tommy, look, I know the kendo's your gimmick. Is it okay? He hits himself in the head with it a couple times, hands it back to me, says, Go ahead, kid, have fun. Oh,
0: yes. I I had fun, Tommy, all the way up in Hamburg. And and that was was really, really fun. And I noticed you guys started, like, putting a podcast
1: again. Have you guys started the show yet? Uh, We haven't started the show yet, just due to scheduling uh, issues and technology issues. Um, It's going to be called Heart of Wrestling Radio, uh, where we delve into the guys that are part of history that either the world forgot or... That didn't quite get the recognition they deserve. Uh, it'll start off with interviews once, twice a year. Do banquets in territories for these. Okay. okay. Do like uh, an E.W. reunion, but it's E.C.W. before Paul Heyman took over, before Todd Gordon took over. Old school E.C.W. You know, get the guys that worked for Eddie Gilbert if they can still, if they still are able to travel and stuff. You know, let's put a banquet together. Let's do something for some guys. Yeah, I, I talked. Yeah, I talked to Eddie <laughs> a lot. WWE put Vader in the Hall of Fame post-mortem, but the guy told him 10 years ago he wasn't in such great health. Why are we doing things after they're dead? I don't want to hand the award to your kid. I want to hand it to you.
0: Yeah, it really sucks like that.
2: See, one of my big pet peeves in the business is that nobody stays behind to help clean up. Now, I understand some people have to travel like three or seven hours away to get back home and stuff. That's fine. But if you're local or you're close, you should be like helping out and cleaning up Making sure that... You know the rent's been taken down and the the venue is cleaned up. Yeah. Oh hell
1: yeah! If, if you live within an hour of a show that you're booked on, there's no reason why you shouldn't be one of the last people to leave. It's one of the reasons that when I book shows, I don't even start handing envelopes until the truck's loaded. Yeah, exactly. That's a good. That's a good point right there. Yeah. If, if, if you don't stick around, well, as the promoter, that's more money in my pocket or a little extra for the guys that do stick around. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Smart. I, I enjoy um, helping one CWM setting up. The ring and doing all that stuff because they invited me there to do my podcast stuff and do whatever I can, and it's
2: my respect for them. We did the same thing for ESPW, and all we, you know, they burst us up, they allowed us to come down. We helped them out, set up, and I haven't set
0: up yet because of my surgery.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: but I'm just saying, but what yeah, it's thing? a general lack of pride for the business. Everybody's got pride in themselves and pride in what they do, but not so much how they carry themselves and the actual work that it takes to put the shows on. Exactly. Yeah.
0: What, what about um, Pepe wrestlers looking as wrestlers, not, like, wearing jeans to the ring, like old school, like
1: ECW back in the day? Well, you know, your look is your look. Uh, there's there's a general lack of gimmicks in the business these days. Everybody's using a name that's pretty close to their real name or sounds like it, and there's no actual characters, I, myself included. I mean, the, the, the Steve Savage character, if you look at him, he dresses like Kevin Nash, but he works like the Sandman. There's nothing around there yeah. but it's what works there. but I have other characters either under a hood or otherwise that are actually characters completely based off something non-wrestling related and those are the characters that you know those are the ones that you're able to get looked at because people want to see if, if I wanted to see Jimmy Jabroni well guess what there's 27 of them lined up along the along the boardwalk they all got their pants and kick pads from high, spot. Gotta love high spots
0: exactly.
1: I mean I'm not saying they don't buy good quality gear but let's face it a 10 guys. Get all the same in stock pants and they all show up on the same card, it's going to look kind of silly. So
0: it's like watching AEW, and I'm, I'm thinking half the rest of the locker room looks the same. But why is, why is the baby face wearing
2: black and red working the heel working red and black? True. Look, like, you guys look more like
1: a fucking tag team than opponents.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, did you ever did you ever receive the best? What's your best advice that you ever received from somebody?
1: Um, get out of the territory. Get out of your local area. It's probably the best advice I've ever received. Throw a dart on the map. Find the like the younger kids that are out there just starting to travel. Figure out the furthest distance you're willing to travel for what you're currently getting paid in the business, and draw a circle around that pinpoint from your home. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. then. What not going to get any better if you don't go outside that circle. No, I
2: totally get it. I be- I do believe that you have to you know travel to get your name out there. You can't just be stuck in your state wrestling a few no, companies no, I, here I and didn't
1: there. No, I didn't get over. in like Rhode Island and Mass. It's such an oversaturated area where you look at some of the crowds, and half the crowd is other indie workers who just aren't booked that weekend. That
0: I've seen that before. Yep. Yeah, and I've that. How much does it work? Right? These guys. They're just here to. They're just here to watch because they got nothing better to do. Yeah, I, I went to one show, it was four of us podcast guys, and then one fan, and everybody else's family
1: and wrestlers. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you're, you're not going to get any better wrestling with the same five guys every month, or every week, or whatever the schedule is. Yep. But you somebody might think they're king shit in philadelphia but if they go out to nashville they're gonna be like who the fuck is this guy
2: yeah that's yeah true exactly true
1: yeah you gotta prove yourself all over again
2: see the best advice i got from some from somebody was be humble and be respectful it doesn't matter how big you are or how small you are always be humble and respectful that you're in the business no matter what absolutely yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fortunate that after 22 years, I can still say I'm in the wrestling business and I'm getting paid to be in it. There's, there's not a lot of guys who can say, on the indies, there's not a lot of guys who can say, yeah, this is how I pay my rent. Exactly. But, like, Here's a secret. the secret. The messed up part is I'm not even making money wrestling. I'm making money ring announcing and refereeing for midgets. That's great. Yes. I did a, I did a four shot out in Pennsylvania and Delaware a couple of weeks ago. I brought home enough money to pay my rent the following month. Wow. That is awesome. All- Awesome. Yeah. So, so you're not gonna make any more wrestling. Well, maybe not actually wrestling, but I'm making a shitload more with the midget than I am
2: wrestling. Save my body. True. So the next question I have is, uh, it's called background track. So I'm pretty sure you're aware. About two years ago, we, the wrestling industry had a speak out movement where a lot of female wrestlers, including some male wrestlers, spoke out about the sexual abuse or the sexual harassment allegations towards them and were claimed from certain people. Um, there was even few people that were getting called out for being on the sex, sex offender list. Um, and I know in the industry, there's a lot of companies that will bring in their boys or they bring in people they know and say, Hey, I wrestled before. So my question is, is that does the wrestling industry need to change and background checks for in their companies, before
1: they bring the wrestler in well I, I think a background check is good for any position where you're paying someone to be under your employment even if it is only for one night you should run a quick hey does this person have any warrants because if shit gets out of hand at the end of the day the promoter is responsible and god forbid they're in a state that has an athletic commission they're fucked if something goes wrong that is very true, that is very true. I, I think the business itself needs to change a little bit I mean I'm all for the sex Drugs and rock and roll lifestyle, but people gotta realize just cause there's a lady in the locker room doesn't mean she wants to date you chances are she's already dating another wrestler or has a husband and kids in the crowd with her and now in fairness to these women that go out and say oh Marilyn Manson sexually assaulted me while we were dating you
2: were dating Marilyn fucking Manson what did you expect no I totally agree with you on
1: that one too yeah well, like Joey Ryan perfect example a guy who gets over by having you grab his dick you're not gonna think there's gonna be a problem there somewhere no Oh,
2: and if you if you have a problem with that, you should say that before you have the match. I mean,
1: you know, I don't want to do the dick flip spot. Simple enough. You know, as, as, as far as the, the the guys and the girls having their issues, the, the business needs to police itself, even backstage. Still, like guys in the locker room like to turn their other like to turn their head the other direction when they see some sketchy. I'm not talking about ribs and you know throwing somebody's gear bag in the shower. I'm talking about straight up creeper shit that people are doing. It's dude, don't leave a picture of your dick on the chick's phone just because she left it on the bench in the locker room. Not, nah, no. The, the boys got to police the boys at that point. We need to bring back some of the old school locker room justice for certain people. See, this,
0: it's one of our problems when we're trying to try to get a female wrestlers to come onto our show it, because they always keep us on red, thinking we're like every other fan out there that thinks the only thing we want is nude pictures and Stuff like that and pisses me off because I care about my product or anything else. And here, like finding certain people to come
2: on and do the podcast, it's like thank you. You know what I mean? Let me give you one. Yeah. Let me give you one example. I was talking to one one woman wrestler. She said she didn't come on to our show because they like us, and the reason why they like us is because they were on a podcast at one time. I'm not going to say their name, but she was on a podcast with her husband, and that podcast was like ripping on her, making fun of her, of her body shaming her, saying that she can't wrestle that he's her husband husband can't wrestle stuff like that so podcast other podcasts do that kind of stuff that's where we get like we get looked at as well too because
1: they think we're like them that particular podcast the the good thing about the internet age is it opens up the journalists more to the wrestlers themselves and more to the fans. On the flip side, for every piece of positive you hear, you're gonna hear five or six pieces of negative. Sure. It, so and ever and honestly, any asshole with a couple hundred bucks can buy the equipment necessary to set up a basic podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know what you're doing, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm just choking. It's, it's the fun part. You of know it. what you're
0: doing. This is called three matches. So I want to hear your three favorite matches of all time. The other three matches is your three matches that you've been
1: in. Oh, geez. Okay. So
0: the, we get um, a little bit tougher on the show. You know what I mean? We, we have some fun.
1: Tonight. All right. You have, you have to do a Mental Deep Dive. My memory is not as good as it used to be. Um, favorite three matches of all time. Yeah. Um, um, no particular order. I'm just going to, the three on top of my head. Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair for the NWA world title and world class. Um, TLC One And the entire feud, Tommy Cairo versus the Sandman. Oh my gosh,
0: that's an amazing
1: feud. It, it's the feud. I was 10 years old when I started watching that feud. It was, I was watching it on, in syndication on ESPN at like 3 in the morning. So I was, I was about three months behind whatever they were actually doing. And just watching that and seeing it evolve at ten years old, I probably shouldn't have been watching ECW. Yeah. But in 1993, we know what the WWE looked like. It was the beginning of the new generation and all that other stuff. Yes. Where it was a little, some of it was a little too hokey, yeah. even for me at ten. Yeah, I know what you're talking because about. I need a little more reality to my television. Yeah, yeah.
2: Now, what's the three, three of your favorite matches you were
1: involved in? Uh, one is going to have to be myself versus Jason Knight. Um, I was. Looking for jason knight from the impact players if you remember him yes okay he uh i was booking for grindhouse championship wrestling and we had just gotten our nwa affiliation to become the nwa's hardcore division okay this was in 2012 um and jason had been working with us on and off and i had put jason in a match against myself because everybody else that i had was already being used so me being you know i didn't put myself in any matches in this company except that one okay. and I. And I, did it, I did it kind of for me Just because I'm like Hey I get to be in the ring With a guy With you know A guy that's been there You know it's okay I had put him To go over Because in my mind Who the fuck am I To go over on a guy That's been on TV All over the world This motherfucker Hits me with his finish And act two Pulls my hat out And looks at as Roll me up I caught a lot of Heat from it backstage But the, the fact that You know to me Jason put me over Like that Was you know He didn't have to do that So something like that that, to me, was kind of touching because I'm like, I didn't have it written that way. I, I Who the hell am I to go over on him? Um And the, the other match i have been in, I'd hate to say it's probably my first match ever in 2001 because it was, I wasn't supposed to be working the show, but a tag team that was supposed to wrestle didn't show up. So they grabbed myself and a kid who at the time went by the name Kyle Maxim, teamed us up and put us up there for our first match was a number one contenders match for the tag belt. Now, mind you, it was our first show and every every... single punch, every single kick, every forearm was spot on, nail and make. They beat the shit out of us. Welcome to the business, kid, you know? (laughs) The funniest part was, my mother was in the crowd. She's been, she's only been to maybe three matches in 20 years. She threatened to sue when she saw me get picked up for a body slam. I had to explain to her the fakest thing of the whole match is actually what set you off. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's great. You think I started doing hardcore matches, she didn't start coming out as much. And then one more for you. One more for me. Uh, Jesus. Oh, you wrestled Jesus, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, um, hey, we've all put the Invisible Man over once. Jeez, um, I I honestly couldn't pick another. Like, I, I spent a lot of my time just putting other guys over and doing what was right for the business and doing what was told of me, so I didn't really yeah. have a whole lot of in-ring opportunity to be that guy. Yeah. The only thing that came close was when I went out to uh, Force One NWA Coastal uh, out in Bayville, New Jersey, and actually no scratch that 2019 Phil, Phil and Tommy Cairo and Fred Richards all put together Retire Mania at the H2O Arena nice
2: ooh yeah so being in the H2O
1: Arena was kind of Matt Tremont's an awesome individual but this show was supposed to be it was supposed to be my last match of Steve Savage okay I was, I was supposed to get rid of that character and be done with it it was Myself, Panther from ECW, managed by Tommy Cairo against simply uh, Team Splendid. I think you guys know who they are. We know, yeah. yep. And their manager, Reverend Buddy Graham. And it was just a basic, you know, no rules, hardcore tag match. But it was probably the most fun I've had up to that point in my career. That's kind of cool. That's the thing. Plus B- it, it was just like we all just clicked. We all got along. We all still talk to this day. And it was just one of those fun, fun nights
0: and being in the ECW arena
1: that's that's like one oh no the H2O H2O oh H2O oh okay H2O building I, I, uh, I had not to walk into the ECW arena until actually Icons with you guys uh, in August yes yes that would yes. be like hey, yes we, we still have to get the table
0: and we'll have
1: the table I did uh, I did Angel and Tommy's show last night and I, I told Angel I said, you know you're going ge- to need to give me a minute when I get there they said why I said I know it's not the shithole it used to be but to me it's always going to be the ECW arena and I'm going to have to take a minute next to that wall that's in there oh yeah, yeah it's... I'm going to need a minute yes <laughs> yes. I
0: think you need a minute looking at a um, wall it's like I need to take a
1: picture of this I just think it's yeah you to take a picture of anybody that's been in there knows the wall I'm talking about Yep. I'm, I'm going to need a minute when I get in there just to be in front of that wall and just kind of take it in, you know? Oh, yeah. We need to get Tommy to sign it, too. Like everybody else. Oh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure, hey, we can get... That'll be one of your videos. You play Connect 4 with Tommy, and if you beat him, he has to sign the wall. Oh, my
0: gosh. I'm in. I'm in on that. Ready to watch some Connect
1: 4? There we go. So, we were talking... When we were talking about Pranks and Ribs, I am a big fan of Pranks and
0: Ribs. Like, that's one of the things I like to do. It's nothing bad. Ribs, like, like shitting in somebody's bag but i like messing with people like when the person's ordering a beer i can't get them to put apple juice instead that's my
1: kind of oh. shit i i got my friend
0: very well i call him apple jacks because his last name is
1: jackson and that's what it is. If he's like 10 beers in already he's not even gonna know it's apple juice come the end of the night and the sad
0: thing is he drank it and he's like dude this tastes weird i don't know what this is and i'm like i was like and Keener's like oh it's beer and he's like no it tastes weird and then they and then the bar the other bartender lady started laughing because she wasn't in on it, but she saw it and he's like, What did you do? And I'm like, it's apple juice. He's like, That doesn't taste like apple juice. I'm like, what does it taste like? I don't know. And I'm like, I asked the bartender, can I get a shot of that apple juice? And I drank it. I'm like, dude, it's apple juice. And then like, and then he goes, What if I was allergic to apple juice? I was like, nah, it's your loss. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But like at the end of it, it was we're there for a trivia. I don't drink anymore, but I do trivia. And um, and like I asked the guy to change. Is the team name to Applejacks, and that's where the whole story goes to.
1: But it, it's the fun ribs. You'll meet. You'll Either meet. See if Kellogg's will fucking sponsor. Them. So, do you have any red stories that you would like to tell us? Uh, well, uh I was privy to one. I, I, I had one pulled on me. I was the victim of one, uh and it was a stressful moment. It was when I my first show booking and promoting under the grindhouse championship wrestling banner and it started off slow we ended up having a decent crowd by the end of the night we're at the bar party and at the end and all of a sudden jose perez t phoenix jimmy Hansen, all walk by and say hey man have a good night have a good night And i'm sitting i'm like now wait a second these two clowns are being too nice to me now what's up because we, we don't exactly see eye to eye but we were able to do business together for a little bit and next thing i know their waiter comes over and hands- me a two hundred and fifty dollars check, and they said, "Oh, they said you were covering the tab because you were the promoter." And there's these three fuckers running down damn Main Street. Oh, my God. oh I, I was already ripped shit because financially that show stressed me out to the point where I was like puking in the bathroom because of stress. Like financially, like I I profited a dollar fifty two on that show. Wow. So, I'm sitting here, I'm like, $1.50 in my pocket, and this motherfucker, died. I went out screaming at those motherfuckers, you fucking assholes, are are getting booked anymore, fuck you, you fucking clowns. It's unbelievable. Dude, 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 calm down, he handed me a shot and a beer, he's like, here, it, it, they were joking. I'm like, these fucking assholes. Oh, that's great. Like- now, now, I get to be the river uh, in the coming weeks. I don't know when it's going to happen, but... Uh, at the last Micro Wrestling All-Stars show in Atlantic City, one of the micros, Jay Savage, decided he was going to take the photographer up to his room and lock the deadbolt on the hotel room door so I couldn't get back in. They hit me up, they're like, oh, we're going to talk to him, we're going to talk to him. I said, nah, I'll get him back. So if Jay Savage can't find his gear bag or his gimmicks at the next show, you will know what happens. Damn.
2: Oh.
0: Now, do you know you know Greg Spitz, right? I'm sorry? You know Greg Spitz, independent wrestler. Greg Spitz, Brianna Ruse, yeah. Yeah, I, I went to him in RWA a couple times. Okay, he was in Canada, and Kevin Steen and um, Sammy Zayn. They told him go to this bar, go to this bar right here, and they took um sent him to a gay bar.
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, there's there's some good ones that happen. There's uh, I I tend to stay away from it a lot because I I have an anger issue, so I tend to let shit get to me more than it should sometimes. I
0: I totally understand. I'm like that. too.
1: I feel you, brother. So it's. Especially later, later in life now, I'm sitting here and I'm like, all right, I'm closer to 40 than I am to 20. And uh, now I'm sitting here and I'm like, mm, I'm six months away from being 40. I do not want to be part of that I don't want to be part of that scene anymore I'm getting too old for that bullshit I'll leave that for the kids of course nowadays you just look at half the indie guys and it's just a bunch of underwear models playing fucking Fortnite waiting for their music to hit when I, even when I broke in in 2001 you could still find like the stale beer and the cigarette butts laying around from the previous show so, you know guys I play in poker but instead of instead of using poker chips they had fucking Vicodins and Somas and shit just use that as currency in a poker game only who won the poker game by who was the last one to leave the the building cuz he had to be woken up that oh. nowadays Nowadays, I go outside to smoke a joint, and they're all looking at me like I got eight heads. I'm like, what? Guys, it's only pop. Fucking relax. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they, they look at me like my head signing off with a needle in my arm. So, I
0: we have a question called Table 5. You're the fifth person at the table, and you have to put four more people at your table. Do you want to put a theme to it? Right. Let's say ECW. ECW? Since you, um, ECW? Yeah, because you talked about ECW. You started watching wrestling, Cairo, and all that. It's,
1: it's probably where I have my most... Connections and memories, yeah. Um, how many people do I get? Four people. <laughs> and you're the fifth person at the table. Four people, in, including uh, in addition to myself. Yes. yes. So it has to be four people. Right. This has to be four people from ECW. Okay. Uh, what's the venue? Because that matters. Certain yeah. kids, certain people can't behave themselves.
2: Don't matter. Don't matter what the venue is.
1: Just four people that were in ECW. Somewhere to eat,
0: like, t- like oh. yeah. Somebody have stories. you know what I mean, story time.
1: New Jack, Balls Mahoney. Sandman, and Heyman. Nice, nice. I like that. He, he totally went
0: straight for it, and I was like, yeah. wow, that was awesome. New Jack stole my cheese fries in front of the um, ECW arena.
1: I was not a happy
0: kid. <laughs> I love cheese fries that I can't eat anymore.
1: Uh, somebody, somebody had scheduled me to work with him and then he ended up passing. I was like, oh, I, I'm not sure if I may or may not have dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> so the next question we have is um, how do we
2: get there? Now, you've seen a lot of shows now that are just throwing people together and saying have a match, but there's no story behind it. And so, in your opinion, should the should shows consider more doing storylines before they have the match? It, it depends on the company.
1: I, I mean, if you have if you have no television, what the hell are you doing storylines for? Who's watching it? If, if you if you don't have TV, you have you have you have who you telling your story to? The, the same twenty people that are in your building every night? It's not worth it. Now, if you the fans also. Did a lot of this because a lot of the fans are smarter now a lot of them a lot of them like to think they're armchair bookers and if the fans would simply stop worrying about the spot and be more invested in the story, then maybe the storytelling might improve. But they're too, worried about, they're too worried about the end as opposed to getting to the end. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I see that a lot. You know what I mean? I, I care about the business and I like stories. I like how we get there. And I know some companies do DVDs and they put the DVDs out there. So they do the whole storylines for that. If people are like talking with, hey, check out this show. They got some good stories. To this
1: show, blah blah blah. Maybe people will start going
0: hitting indie shows a lot more,
1: but I don't know. Well, if if the bookers weren't putting themselves in the main event because they think they're going to be the draw just because they're right in the show or you, you see the picture all the time live pro wrestling the promoter versus his best friend from high school the booker's nephew and his cousin versus two guys they went to space camp with you know it's if the promoters actually start looking around and looking at talent that is a draw because honestly I don't care if you're my best friend from middle school I'm not going to make you my world champion if you're not putting. A lot of these guys, they think they think they're stars, and then it's like, "Well, who the hell are you? Why are you the champion? What you don't even look like a wrestler. You're five foot two and weigh one hundred and forty pounds. A promotion of Marco Stunt is a promotion of Marco Stunt is great, but do you really consider him a heavyweight champion? No, true. I I totally agree with what you're saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah.
1: Now, you take a guy on the indies like Paxton Galloway. The guy's seven foot three, close to 300 pounds. That's a guy that looks like a heavyweight champion to me. Yeah, big
0: time. Yep. Yeah, I, what's that? Oh, geek out moment. Oh, we're going to jump into the next question. He's telling me, we're going to the geek out. So, I am a fan of geeking out because I geek out a lot when I saw the Bard, the Barian Warlord. That was fun, walking in the building and you're like, holy crap. They're wearing makeup, this is awesome. It's like my childhood right. opened up again, yeah. Geeking out to Shane Douglas when I told him he, was, he looked short <laughs> when I met him, because when when being little, growing up, you looked at them, they were tall as hell, and then you get older and you're like, holy crap, you're, you're my height, yep. you're my height. I thought you were taller than life, or meeting Ricky Steamboat, and I was like,
2: oh my gosh, it's Ricky Steamboat, holy crap. Three months ago, I met Gerald Briscoe. Oh,
0: yeah. Gerald Briscoe is a very, very cool guy. He loves—he loves our Dave gimmick, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> so, have you ever had a geek out moment?
1: Um, my first night—my first night wrestling—the night I got the shit kicked out of me in the tag match. Jimmy Snooker was in the main event. Oh, and the promoter said, "Hey, Jimmy's here. Go get his bags for him. No problem. I'll go get Jimmy's bags." I went, introduced myself. Jimmy looked at me No, but It's okay My son got it Jimmy Jr. was there This was before Deuce and Domino Okay And he comes in He has me He has me move my gear From the back of the locker room Next to him Pulls out a bag of weed Rolls up a Cheech and Chong Style like Quarter pound joint And looks at me And goes Brother, we got a couple hours Go outside <laughs> Yes, sir Yes, Mr. Snooker Yes, sir Absolutely Like I'm not gonna do that Shit uh, I don't even Even if I didn't smoke weed I'd go outside And smoke weed with Jimmy <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, I would do too. You know. Yeah, and then there it was a geek out moment, but it was more like a freak out moment. I had to drive the Iron Sheik somewhere. Oh, please tell <laughs> the freak out moment, Miss <laughs> uh, Savage. You got some of the green medicine for the Sheiky? Oh, uh, sure, Sheiky, no problem. I pulled out a fucking couple of joints I had rolled up. There you go, she, Oh, Papa, no problem. I love you. Hour and a half later, uh, Mister Savage, think uh, we could get some crack cocaine? No, Sheiky, I'm not going to find you. track, okay. No, Sheiky. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sheik, I don't, I don't have the time to track that down right now.
0: Oh my gosh, you
2: just took out Brian. He's all red, he's on the ground. Oh my yeah. gosh. I can just imagine the Sheik right now talking to him
1: like that. <laughs> <laughs> but The whole time, eh, Bobo, it's okay. Because I got like the dispensary weed for him. I'm sitting there, like... He just like Smoking all my weed In the back seat. I'm like you know what He'll be passed out In about 20 minutes It'll be alright <laughs> Sure enough We get the, cause. the, cause. the, cause. the cause. Wake the fuck up We're here Oh I gonna go on Give it my belt <laughs> You are so red
0: You are laughing Your ass off right there
1: like, I can imagine I can just sit here Imagine
2: the sheep Being as the sheep Yeah darn sheep Talking to him And
1: doing that Oh yeah So um, he, He's walking to he, somebody he'd never met before I'll give him a hug And he says Hey papa How you doing Long time it somebody you never fucking met before. It's like old buddies.
0: So, I, I like to bring up this question. I haven't done it for a minute. Safety in the business. I noticed, like, the referees in the ring and all that, and they're supposed to check on the wrestlers when they do high spots and high moves and all that. If something goes wrong, do you think referees should know CPR or any other medical backgrounds? To-
1: I think everybody should have basic first aid and CPR training just as a decent human being standpoint. Okay. It, 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 referees, wrestlers, everybody should know basic life-saving techniques and care shit like that happens oh yeah
2: gotcha because
1: I, I remember you need to happen is, ha- you know, somebody be carted off to the ER, and then somebody's going to call their wife later and say, hey, something happened, Tommy's not coming home. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That, that's the scary part of it all. Because I always ask people that question, and they stop doing it because, I don't know why, but we had to cut down dumb questions sometimes, and you're like, oh gosh, we had to cut down. But yeah, um, I was watching or reading an article or something like that, and lady never knew CPR, but she watched the office when they did the CPR episode and, oh Jesus and that's how she learned how to do CPR and she saved the person because of that at least she didn't cut the dude's face off like um Dwight did you know but right <laughs> but yeah she said she learned watching um the office and I was like holy crap that's crazy yeah
1: Yeah, I think everybody that's able to should learn basic CPR and first aid techniques because you never know what's going to happen anywhere I could I could get hit by a car going to my mailbox to check the mail yeah you know? Doesn't necessarily have to be in the ring. That is very true. This is a this is a question I ask because
2: I'm a gamer. So next question is called create a wrestler. Um, if you're no, if you're familiar with WWE game, they always, it's, they always put a game out every year. And part of the game, there's a thing called create a wrestler, where you can create your own wrestler. And lately, there's been a lot of people that have been creating a lot of indie wrestlers and other wrestlers from other promotions, like Kenny Omega, Co- Cody Rhodes, and even like indie wrestlers like Riley Shepard, Violence, and so forth. So, do you think when you if you ever saw this on the video game, do you think that's going to give those wrestlers actual uh, more no- be, be, be more Noticed, or and uh, have everybody see them more.
1: Well, I mean, the wrestling and the and the video game creation, it's. It's geared to the wrestling fans anyway. The, the wrestling fan base is probably one of the most rabid fan bases in all of entertainment. They're one of the most fickle to please, which is why every year they have a game come out and everybody's bitching about all the problems. Personally, I haven't played a wrestling game religiously since N64's NWO World Tour. That is a great game. My favorite game. And, and yes, you're damn right. I created, the first time it was a creator wrestling thing, I created myself. I created my buddies. I took guys that were in WCW that weren't in the WWF game and I'd create them. Just for the sake of saying, yeah, I got DDP versus The Undertaker happening in, you know, 1997. That is kind cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of creating characters. I like making my own characters.
1: It's, it's a lot easier these days with the community, community creations, I think they call it, where well, I guess everybody yeah. uploads everything they create. Yep. I just don't have the attention span to do it anymore because it's gotten so detailed. Oh,
2: no, I've seen some creations where I know they took at least two to three hours to creating it, right down from the gear to the face to how the gear looks, the
1: move set, move
2: for move,
1: including signature. Oh, you I, I I pop if the the announcer can play Steve Savage. That's what I pop. I'm like, yeah, all right. But I
2: think it's cool that, you know, these are fans that are introducing indie wrestlers on a WWE game and showing other wrestling fans out there that there is more wrestling than just WWE. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. The the diehard WWE people are always going to be there. Just like your diehard AEW people are always going to be there. But the people that (laughs) complain that there's no good wrestling, they're not looking in the right spots. 20 years ago, we had to call up a buddy say, hey, did you have that Combat Zone tape from the firehouse of uh, the war at Station 44? Oh, yeah, sure, I got that tape. Hang on a second, let me go dig it out for you. Yeah. You know, we, we actually had to look for shit. Nowadays, it's as simple as just type it into YouTube. Type in independent wrestling or local wrestling and you'll come up with thousands of matches.
0: I remember back in the day, like, I was happy to see wrestling. We got WCW, ECW, and WWE, And I didn't hear that many negativity like how it is today like i am just i'm just happy to um go wow this is great like it's
1: wrestling we got
0: more wrestling but we got a lot of negativity but it sucks
1: yeah, yeah. Well, if you heard Vince McMahon's interview on Pat McAfee, I don't listen to the positive because if I listen to the positive, then I have to listen to the negative. Yeah, that's
0: very true. Have you had any like fan reaction, like weird gifts or um, autographs? I'm sorry, what was that? Fans' reaction. Like, have you had any um, weird autographs or weird weird
1: gifts they ever give you? Uh, fans don't typically tend to give me gifts. Um, dealt with some interesting fans working with the midgets lately just because they do bar shows. Yeah. So the the drunken, they don't draw a wrestling fan crowd. They draw, you know, the drunken bar crowd that just wants to be entertained. Correct. I've been to one one of them One of these guys is sitting there, and he's been there since we set up the ring. So he's been there a bit. And there's the aluminum trash can outside the ring. He picks it up and throws it at one of the midgets. It bounces off the back of his head, catches the other one in the face, and they they had to get rid of him. But but 45 minutes later, another fan decided to try to climb into the ring and attack the midgets. The referee ribs, I stomped on the back of his head, and security slammed him face first into the floor. Jesus. Damn. I, I've been
0: to one of them shows in Delaware, R13, and I yeah. only went because I, I was like, dude, this is midget wrestling. Awesome. I'm in for this. I want to see this because I never, I only saw WWE with um, like Dink the Clown and them guys, you know what I mean? I never saw anything live like that, so I'm like I'm gonna go see that. It's awesome that we can be entertained as a wrestling fan. I'm a wrestling fan.
1: Any kind of wrestling, I'm all in for. So. Well, all, all I have to say is, it's 2022. If you don't understand what professional wrestling is, that's one thing. But you know enough to, what are you gonna do as a man in your mid-50s and you jump in the ring? Are you Seriously, gonna go try to kick a midget? Oh, what's happening here? Like, we all know, we get it. Alcohol makes people do stupid things. To the fans out there, stay out of the ring because if you don't, I'm still I'm still a believer in the old school. If you cross those ropes and get in the ring, that's as good as signing a liability waiver. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I totally agree. I I say you
1: should get kicked in the head. Yeah. Well, you remember remember seeing uh, the line. If I jump off the Green Monster and start running across Fenway Park? You think those cops are going to be gentle with me? Oh no. no. Oh no. Oh, not at all. Or if I jump down, start sprinting across the 50 yard line during the Super Bowl, those cops ain't exactly going to be now. Oh, sir, you can't do that. You need to come with us. <laughs> see, uh, I'm gonna get my things in before the cops catch me. So Dave is a security guard for the Phillies.
2: So um, he 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 will he will take you down in no time. Exactly. Well, you did see the video. Yeah. You did see the video um, was posted a couple of months ago where a fan got super upset with one guy because he I don't know he smacked his beer or did something. Fan just started like beating the crap out of him. Oh, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, like they had everybody in the back and the referees coming out and just stopping this guy from doing it all
1: because the guy was like,
2: oh, he punched me first. And the
1: wrestler well, never did it. Well, that's the other thing. If the wrestlers are going to slap a drink out of a fan's hand, you kind of started it. Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah,
1: you got a point there. Yeah, I started it. I'm a, I'm a believer in audience plants. I I got a lot of heat one time for having a kid that I knew. He was one of the referee's kids. I had a wheelchair in the back of my car. I said, kid, just sit in this wheelchair all night. And when it came time to my back, he gave me shit and I tipped his wheelchair over. Oh my gosh.
2: Wow. That is crazy. That is crazy.
1: Crazy. But the only people in on it was him and his father. I didn't even tell the boys. Oh. Mm-hmm. The boys didn't know that it was the last kid.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Were they heated in the back? Oh, the, the the second the kid came back and hugged me, they were like, "Oh, okay, that that makes more sense." So, so I'm I'm a believer that if they do shit like that, it should be part of the show, but it shouldn't look like part of the show. So,
0: Dave's um, his um. T- daughter's, uh, I mean, his um, girlfriend's um, son is training to be a wrestler and all, and I was like, yeah, the day you um, become a wrestler, and if you want, you can um, slap me anytime outside of the ring if you're a heel. He's like, okay, awesome,
1: so I'm waiting for that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's always really good having people you know in the crowd, too, even if they are just fans and they're not in the business, because then, as the heel, I can say, look, I'm, I can go up to my buddy before the show and say, look, sit in the third row on the seat. I'm gonna fuck with you, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, just give 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 your friend the Iggy a little bit. It ain't gonna hurt nobody. Oh yeah. You can still get the heat that way because as long as everybody else doesn't know, then you'll still get the heat, and everybody will be fine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. I will. I will. I will take a drink out of somebody's hand and smack them with it. Smack my opponent with it if it's like a bottle of water. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna grab the beer that you just spent eight bucks for and smack smack somebody with it because that's a waste of a beer. But if it's a cup of ice water, fair game. <laughs> (laughs) Yes. Stephen Adams here, and this is the final question for this episode of the 2300 Wrestling Podcast.
0: Lay it on me, brother. Okay, it's called The Five Questions of Doom. Whoa, hold on a second. I did it all wrong.
2: Yes, you did it all wrong. I did it
0: all
2: wrong. Uh, You're going to do it. Yep. Okay. It is called The Five Questions of Doom. See, Dave puts a little bit more I time. know. Yeah, he's
0: he's a little better, but Yeah. <laughs> like Dave gets into it, he gets five questions of doom in like a weird, scary voice and it's like
1: Oh, that's great. The board gets some echo in it or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Dave's not here right now.
0: He's at the Phillies game because he doesn't want to hang out with us anymore. But
1: Dave's not, man.
0: <laughs> Dave's not here, man. No. So the five questions of Doom is questions are not wrestling related.
2: job. Question number one:
0: The Roadrunner Runner or Wiley Coyote? Road Runner or Wiley Coyote? Yes.
1: Who would you pick? I'm an underdog guy. Go for the coyote every time. You always hope he's gonna catch the bastard, but you know he's not gonna. Very, very true. Uh, I agree with you on that one. Question number two. What superpowers would you want? Flight. I want to be able to fly. Oh, okay. Awesome. That is bad. time at kind of TSA. Don't gotta worry about gas prices. Nobody talks about Bruno like
2: that. Uh, I mean Joe like that. Okay. Question number three. When you were a kid,
0: what was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon? Ninja Turtles. There you
2: go. Yes, my favorite. Question number four. Yogi Bear or Boo Boo? Definitely Yogi.
1: Fuck oh, Boo Boo. Boo a cuck he knows it. And finally, question number five. <laughs> Favorite superhero sidekick? A true superhero doesn't need a sidekick.
2: Ooh. Ooh.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm down with that. You know Superman had a sidekick, right? Superman had like 12 sidekicks and one of which was a dog. Yep, crypto. Batman
2: had
1: like 15 of them. Yeah, but... He said, people my fake and I'll take care of that real quick. But they were
2: all orphans, so he's like, hey, you're an orphan. No, that's not true. But we're not going to get into that right now.
0: Thank you for coming on. Do you have any social media for the fans out there to follow you?
1: Uh, you could find me at... Oh, Jesus, what the hell's my TikTok? I, I do, I, I just got one. I don't know exactly what I'm doing with it, but it's at 840 Savage. Nice. Uh, you also find me under Steve Lawrence, my real name, on the Facebook. Uh, I don't like Twitter, so I got rid of it.
0: I didn't like Twitter. I don't like Twitter either, but I started playing around with it more with the whole
1: spaces and all, so I go in there. and I Yeah, I go of- on Facebook properly, so I'm, I don't like my social media so much. Oh, yeah. But uh, anybody can always email me at uh, books. Steve Savage at gmail.com and uh, you can get a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees uh, slash Savage840. So we're going to end the
0: show. You want to hit the button? Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This has been the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dave Keener alongside D.B. Richards, and we'll see
2: you in the ring. And we really want to thank Steve Savage for coming on the show today. Thank
1: you. Uh, great time. Thanks for having me. This is Steve Savage, the Boston Badass, or the Forgotten Saint, Jamie McManus, and you're listening to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast.
2: Hey, this is D.B. Richards. And this is B. Schweik. Hey, we got some hats. Yes, we do. We have Twisted Shamrock Studios and Spa is not your typical spa. Take a journey back in time with all your favorite nostalgia from the 1920s to the early 2000s. The staff will provide you with healing therapeutic services with a high-end feel. Mention this podcast and receive 10% off of your first service. Book with Twisted Shamrock Studios and Spa today where recovery, relaxation, and love of all decades pass never go out of style. So where can you find them? You can find them at 16 Wilmington West Chester Pike in Chad's 4 PA 19317 and you can call them at 484. Five seven four eight eight and 6, 8. Hey, Brian. Hey, where I want to go now. 2300 Wrestling Podcast.
0: Let's go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is David Kinner from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast letting you know about photographer, camera, editor, designer, extraordinaire Brian Schweiker. Please give him a call at 856- 254-7546 for any of your photography needs. You can also reach him at bschweiker13 at gmail.com. Facebook and everything else is there as well. Get him for all your party
1: wrestling movies whatever you want to do that's brian swiker check him out yeah